We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Whether you're just wrapping up the night shift or on your way to start the day, we got what you need. Welcome to the morning shift. It's the most mid-team in history. A whole new way to start your day with nationally televised reporter Tiffany Blackman. Any pizza for me can be a personal. Can't wait. Former Falcons and Alabama offensive lineman Mike Johnson. I've had my butt shoot by Nick Saban a few times. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And Atlanta sports radio guru, Bo Morgan. Do you know who I am? I'm Squid Bill. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? It's a new experience. And a new take on a sports morning show. The morning shift is on. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, here's Tiffany, Mike, and Bo. Two o'clock this afternoon, live on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We will carry the Raheem Morris introductory press conference. And then he and, yes... Terry Fontenot going to be taken out of storage and actually going to sit down with uh, Dukes <laughs> and Bell along with uh, Raheem Morris. <laughs> so we'll carry that live this afternoon from Mercedes-Benz Took Stadium, me a gentlemen. solid two and a half seconds to process what you just said right there. Uh, not shocked, but just I had to process it for a second. You're so, spot on, though. Spot on. Well, That's also, why you're you. It's I also a it. last coach out of L.A. turn out the lights, man. He's just raiding Sean McVay's staff, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I'm, Mike and I were talking that before, uh, right before the show. Uh, Rob, I don't know where you were because you were in there with us earlier, but I was like, dude, every guy that's like Los Angeles Rams, 21, 22, 23, Los Angeles Rams, 21, 22. Like, they added uh, some, uh, some assistants and some uh, coaches on – and I mean assistants, like assistant O-line coach. Yep. Yes, a pass game spe- uh, specialist guy, you know, some defensive assistants. And three of the five I think they named were from the Rams. It, it's just it, – and that's that was just that – that's hiring part. I mean, I, all these emails I keep getting that all have Rams time in there. Well, I, I think when you say leader of men, and I heard that a, a comical amount over the last couple of weeks, leader of men. Uh, but when you say that, it doesn't just apply to the football team in the locker room. It applies to to guys on the coaching staff that want to work with Raheem Morris, right? Guys that believe in him and believe in what he does and like being around him and like the way he uh, is, is you know, going to run things here. And it speaks volumes about uh, the fact that they're able to follow him across the country and become part of the Falcon staff. So I think it's exciting. I'll be in attendance later today, Rob. I know uh, Bo will be in attendance I might actually well. show up to that. Yeah, I think it's I done that in a while. I look, I I uh I've never done it, so it's going to be interesting for me to be kind of on that side of it because obviously uh you know seeing it from the other end and seeing the meetings where coaches walk in and hey we're taking over, but uh, I'm excited to 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 see Raheem and see uh, kind of the energy in the room and get a feel for that presence because I know that uh you know a lot of people speak pretty highly of it and it's going to be a a fun day at least. So the we'll funniest, see what happens. most succinct and random tweet I saw on X. You know, after Raheem Morris was announced as a Falcons coach, some guy just simply uh, posted, trash hire, trash human. I'm like, what? 
I mean, what did Raheem ever do to anybody? <laughs> if that's hey, if that's the worst you saw on X, and uh, we're doing a good thing. Yeah. Trash hire, trash human. Uh, well, Mike, it's funny that you you say that because uh, over the weekend, Mike and I were texting and we were sharing bad Falcons group takes. Like there, there's a Reddit Falcons group and. Oh, I bet there's just it's littered just, with bad takes. Dude. It's not even about coaches. It's about what you should do with the draft picks, yeah. quarterback position. It's some of the worst. Like, and and to that to the Reddit groups, uh, you know, favor. When you read the comments underneath most well, of the posts, killed. they're just like, I, I, the one guy was like, my eyes are bleeding. The next guy was like, I quit. <laughs> the third guy was like, seriously, show what yourself. What was the out. worst one you saw? Oh, oh, you want to you want to hear it? Yeah, um, I, 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 you had to pull it back up. No, bro, I know. I, I'll just go ahead and I'll just give you know the, the, the short top. version. It was trade for Justin Fields, and uh, I don't know how you would get Zach Wilson yeah. unless you <laughs> traded for him as well. And then, and but you never, but you still I had about that but, one. But guess what? You still had the first pick. So then you move up to get Marvin Harrison Jr. at four. Trade for Justin so, Fields and Zach Wilson. So the guy, the guy wanted to run a two quarterback system, and he's like, That's "Look, it. we." And he said, "Not he's, just a two quarterback system, but we can use uh, Justin Fields as a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back." Taysom Hill, like yeah, he's Taysom and Hill. he based it all off the Saints having. Uh, uh, the two quarterbacks, and then the guy goes, "Look, I know Zach Wilson is. This is literally his words. I know Zach Wilson is stupid, but he can throw it really far. So we'll just we'll just beat him with." Guy was dead shot. serious too. Yeah, guy was dead serious, and he got it's destroyed. Yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> there's there's been a lot of takes like that, and and you know, look, we're still what four months out from the draft, and we will three months out from the draft, we will mull that over. I'm sure, and and. Kick that horse until it can't can't walk anymore. The other really uh, bad all the way one down the road. So. Yeah, the other really bad one was was um, trade for Justin Fields and then trade up for Marvin Harrison on his own. Like, and where do people think we're getting this trade capital? Like, well, that's my thing. Is, is, is where are we getting the money? Where are we getting the trade capital? Where are we doing any of this stuff? It's like we don't. It's not a. This is not Major League Baseball, dude. You, you don't go out and sign a three hundred million dollar roster. If you did those two trades, you might not draft again in the first <laughs> five rounds for the next three years. Uh, it just it boggles but, my mind. But you know the best part for me is uh, I know we need a quarterback, and but if you trade, let's say you trade for a quarterback in the offseason, and, and, and you're going to keep your eighth pick because nobody out there is worth the eighth overall pick. That's actually going to be on the market unless somebody decides they want to trade Joe Burrow or something, and which I would do. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but 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 to, in case to, Patrick Mahomes is available. Yeah. But um, you can have my first round picks for the next six years if Patrick Mahomes is available. But but to that point, all these people were gonna they were gonna they were gonna burn down Mercedes Benz if we traded if we picked Bajan at eight and we did and I guess they just didn't go. It was kind of like those people that say they're gonna move out of the country and with the political votes. Yep, they um, never seem to move, do they? But no, but those people now are saying, yeah, yeah. Trade up for Marvin Harrison, no. And I'm like, oh dear lord, what are we? I don't doing? think those are the same people, but they what? Let me. They can't be that many people. I think is a good because I saw a lot of people think that wasn't actually a good idea. Yeah, seriously. I, 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 you know what's funny is I got I got on this show. Um, you know, close, we, well we've almost been on a year, which is crazy to think about. You know, we're approaching 11 month mark of this show, but I, I can remember distinctly getting on here a day at the end of March and saying, Falcons. Well, Falcons, I saw a mock for Bijan at eight. There's no way the Falcons are going to do that. You're not going to draft a running back at eight. You're not going to do that in the Falcons situation. They have a thousand yard rusher coming back. You're not going to do that. 
And I looked stupid because it was like, huh, let's take this guy at eight. And then I thought to myself, well, there's not room for Cordero Patterson on this roster then. You're not going to have him still in the fold. And he was. And, by the way, you needed all three of those guys uh, down the stretch. So, and it's uh, – who knows at this point, man? Who I'm, knows? I'm not sure if Cordero Patterson will be back next year. Um, he was – like – He certainly was de-emphasized towards the end of the season. Well, and I think we have to say we want to blame that. Obviously, coaches are going to use people, all that kind of stuff. Also got to remember the fact that he started the season. He didn't play any in the preseason and, and the first three or four games because he was injured. And he's, what, they're going to be 35, I think, next year. That's that's a big deal. A guy's taking a lot of shots. I'm not sure if a no – way he's that old. Is he that old? Pretty he's sure. not 35. He's up there. Pretty sure he's no 35. Or he's 30, he might be 34. But, he might, but the point is, is that he, he – I don't know if he's going to hold up for a 17-game season with with the physical beating. I, I, I think you're still going to need another running back next year is one of my point. Now, that guy's going to be just a third back. Not going to be anything like right. that. I would have been but... just fine with Igor uh if you know if we had another guy coming in in that role this year who spent obviously the entire season returning kicks for the Steelers and doing what he was doing up there. But that's a guy who showed up on the scene two weeks in a training camp and then all of a sudden is you know is is making a name for himself, doing a lot of good things in preseason, making the active roster. I, I guess all that to say is who knows, especially for the third running back spot. He turns thirty three on our one year show anniversary. Okay, well, so he's thirty two right now. You scared me for a minute. I was like, dude, no yeah. way. But what does he seem like an old thirty two to you for some reason? <laughs> well, uh, the fact that he hasn't stayed, he hasn't played a full season here in, in his three years yep. here. Yeah, he's lived. He's lived a lot of lives in the NFL. Quarter he has, person. You and that's I mean? not a knock on him. That's what happens when you you're as physical of a player as he is. When he was at Tennessee, I distinctly remember watching him play, you know, Bama and, and all the other teams in SEC being like, this guy is a dude. Um, and so, look, man, it, it is what it is, but it'll be fun to, to, to see and watch this coaching staff dive in, um, you know, and us kind of figure things out along with them along the way and see what Terry Fontenot is uh, willing to do with that pick because there's a – when is free agency open? When is that uh, calendar? Because that's, uh, that's the, kind of the next thing for me. Got the coaching staff kind of locked down. Now it's – Attention towards that. So it'll be the Tuesday of that week of March. It's normally sometime. It's normally around the fifteenth. Uh, I'll get the exact date, but it the league year starts normally around the fifteenth, um, which which is right around there. So we'll see. The seventeenth will probably. This is a leap year, right? It is. That's right. Yeah. We will have a February 29th this year. So the seventeenth will be on a Monday. So it'll either be like March nineteenth or like March twelfth or something. This is just such a fun time of year for sports for me, and I, and and I, I know it's typical. And look, I'm a football. Why guy, this man. particular you time of year? Well, here's the thing, Rob. Uh, in two weeks, Bo and I are going to Daytona five hundred. You have a Super Bowl this weekend, Daytona five hundred. Before you know it, the pitchers and catchers start reporting uh, to spring training. Then you'll get into March Madness, and then you'll have the Masters, and you'll start getting into the nitty gritty of baseball season, the NBA playoffs, and everything else. So. This next like three three month stretch to me is so much fun uh, in terms of sports because I think that football we get so you know football season in the fall you get so locked in college football the NFL it's football 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 and I love football but man it's there's such a variance in the next three months as far as uh, you know what whatever your flavor is in sports you can get just a little dose of each of them not to mention the United season will be kicking off here soon so, so March 11th at at, at uh, noon the um, legal tampering starts. March 13th, uh, 4 p.m., New League year is 
upon us. And that's when you'll, that's when basically. Is they, that when the Falcons will have a quarterback? Well, it depends if their quarterback I'm is asking. already in the NFL. I do not. If I'm not Terry Fontenot and, and uh, Ra, so I can't answer that. We're professional guessers on this radio station. Um, okay, that's what we do. I would say there's a pretty good chance, yes. All right, coming up next, the world going to converge on Atlanta for a massive event. How the quarterbacks do at the Senior Bowl this week? Well, they were neither overwhelming, underwhelming. They were just whelming. And now, now they're starting to win. Is that going to come up the works as to what their future is going to be? All that and more next. On the front page, Morning Shift, Sports Radio 1990 Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Get your day started Go ahead. with the morning shift. Time for the show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. One, two, three. It's time to take a look at today's top headlines. This is the front page on the morning shift. Uh, welcome back to the morning shift. Triple in for Tiffany all freaking week. My voice is back. Mike is feeling better. Squid is squid. Mm. Mm. Squid is squid. Yeah, he is. Well, apparently there's a rash of Bigfoot sightings in uh, southeastern Oklahoma. Oh, can we go? Can we go hunt them? <laughs> the I, footage is always so terrible. Maybe Bigfoot is actually blurry, though. Maybe he is just blurry. I, I got to tell you all this story that you brought that up. So we used to have a, 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 a drug tester here in Atlanta. He was the same... Yeah, every team kind of has the same guy, but he's also the regional drug Dealer tester. and tester? Right. There, there's also, like, a guy for each state, basically, uh, in the NFL. So he would be the Atlanta Falcons guy, but in the offseason, anybody that lived in Atlanta, he would be assigned to go drug test them. So in the offseason, he comes to my house in Atlanta. We're living right off, right off Lenox Road, and he shows up, and I know him, and I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? Uh, you know, I done a dozen you know more a few dozen drug tests with this guy over my, my time in atlanta and i said hey man what's going on you having a good day and he goes honestly been driving around north georgia all day uh he said i i he said i got an assignment from a guy who lives in the midwest he wouldn't tell me the, the name so but he said he was a well-known defensive end i had to think this is jared allen by the way <laughs> he says the guy's a well-known defensive end he said they, the nfl calls me and says hey this guy's on vacation in North Georgia. He's leaving this morning at 7 a.m. for a Bigfoot hunt. And they were like, you have to go up there. <laughs> you have to go up there and find him and, you know, make sure you get his drug test done before he goes on this Bigfoot hunt at 7 a.m. He goes, sure <laughs> enough. He's like, I'm driving around all morning. He's like, I finally find him. There's 30 people with, uh, you, you know, camouflage shirts on that say Bigfoot hunters or whatever across the front. And he goes, sure enough, there he is, you know, six foot four. 
And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, who is this? And the only thing I could come up with the entire time was Jared Allen. It just kind of that fit sounds him. like a good fit. Yeah. So it, it, he was getting drug tested before his Bigfoot hunt. They had to, you know, they had to follow him into the, 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 you know, the public restroom there and get it knocked out. Hopefully, I'm not putting out Jared Allen's business, but he evidently passed. I, so I don't think Jared Allen would have, a, knowing what I know, just based on his, you know, social media and what he was as a player. I don't think he would be upset if someone said that <laughs> outed him for hunting Bigfoot. I, I think it's probably. I mean, it's just I don't kind either. Of, I, I think at that point too, he might have been in Carolina. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. I was but. gonna say, why would you? No, nothing against North Georgia, because yeah, you know, but yeah, that, that's I, where you vacation. He might have. Well, I don't think he was. I think he came for the Bigfoot hunt. Oh and yeah, he came for the Bigfoot hunt on purpose, and so <laughs> I and, and and look, man, well, you I gotta realize too, if you're there. if you're in Carolina, how many people in Carolina are going to Cherokee to the to the casino or or some of the other stuff going on? So there's. It, 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 the, the drug test guy was was all over North Georgia. He said he couldn't find him for like an hour. He said he got to him right before they got on this quote unquote bus, so that they you know they were going to the Bigfoot hunt. It was it was intriguing. I was like, dude, I wish you could tell me who it was because I'd like to reach out to him and see how it was, see if they found him. <laughs> hey, two, two o'clock this afternoon, we will broadcast live Raheem Morris's introductory press conference, and uh, he will join Dukes and Bell this afternoon as well as uh, Terry Fontenot. Yes, there will be a Terry Fontenot sighting this afternoon, and gentlemen. Looks like we get a semifinal game in the World Cup. That's going to be crazy, man. This city's going to be nuts. It's going to be. It's going to rival that what the Olympics was like in a lot of ways. I think '96. I saw Jason Longshore tweet about this. We're going to have Jason on, by the way, at 8:40 today to talk more about this. But he said this is going to be like having eight Super Bowls mm-hmm. um, because there's eight matches that we're getting, and the people, the amount of people, and the amount of people from around the world. Mike, that are going to be here. This is a world event. That's I, what's crazy. I was trying to look up numbers for the semifinal viewership. I couldn't find any specifically for semifinal. I know that the last World Cup, or maybe it was the one before that, had 3 billion total viewers. Oh, yeah. Um, the final, believe it was last time, the final drew uh, half a billion, which was, you know, you think about that in terms of the, the Super Bowl is going to have 120, 120 million. You're going to have 500 million people watching. That will be at MetLife. I don't know what the exact number is for the semifinal, but I can only imagine it's probably more than the Super Bowl at that point, which is crazy. And I was, I want to get y'all's take on this, and I want to get Jason's take too coming up at 840 when we'll have him. Where does this rank in terms of events that Atlanta has hosted? It's a semifinal. You hosted a Super Bowl. You've hosted the Olympics. It's for sure in the top five. It's it's like right in that area. It's 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 yeah. right there. I think the Olympics are always going to be because that was be just one. such a massive, right. massive undertaking. Super Bowl right there. Yeah, and it's three. I mean, look, and a it, Taylor Swift concert, of course. As as massive as a national title game is in college football, it, it just pales in comparison. Don't forget, to some you have stuff. that too. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you know, I've seen some monster truck rallies back in the day at the Dome that yeah. were pretty big. Little monster you know, Jam. Old Georgia Dome. Monster so, yeah. That's definitely it's, top three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Supercross is always going to be big. I, I'm excited to see how this grass fares at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I know they'll be putting that in yeah. uh, a little bit before this event kind of kicks off. And it's a month long. Well, man. that's what they did in Vegas for the Super Bowl. They have the grass outside, and they'll just uh, slide it in like they do at, uh, I think, the Arizona. stadium in Arizona's first stadium yeah. to do that. Uh, Carlos Bocanegra of Atlanta United said the ripple effects of the World Cup monstrous 
Not necessarily improve the club, but I think hopefully bringing more global awareness to the club. And, you know, when Atlanta is one of the host cities, oh, it's our soccer team there, Atlanta United. Maybe people that aren't aware of us uh, around the globe, and that's a goal of ours, to, to be a, a global club down the road and, and recognized not only on this continent, but around the world. So um, I think that's some of the, like I said, the halo effect that we'll get. And, you know, hopefully it just puts us on the, on the front of people's minds around the world, not only Atlanta. All right, now the NBA trade deadline coming up on uh, the 8th. And now the Hawks are stringing together wins. Is that going to gum up the works, gentlemen? Well, yeah, Trey's average over 30 in those four games. Wow, another four all-star games. snub, too. Uh, well, there's the, that's more about I think that's some off-the-court stuff with maybe who doesn't and does like him uh, in the players and coaches. But, you know, you, you have DeAndre Hunter slowly worked himself back in over the last, what, three games into the lineup. Mm. You know, that trade to talk about healthy, healthy. I don't know where this has come from. Uh, I hope it's not too late, and I hope you know. But I, the trade talks have, have kind of simmered down about Dejounte to LA. Days. Three days. So three days to figure it out. He he's he's given you a lot of reasons over the last couple of weeks not to trade him. I mean, at the end of the games, he has been as cold as you could possibly be, and I mean that in a good way. Shooting the ball, he was good down the stretch Saturday. There was a short conversation between Steph and Trey after the game Saturday night where Steph kind of puts his hand over over Trey's ears and talks to him. And Trey was asked about it, you know, in the postgame uh, there on Bally. And he just kind of said, hey, I'm, I'll keep that between us, but that's my guy, uh, and he's always been good to me. And it had, you know, it has to be about the All-Star game, the All-Star snub, and what Steph Curry's thoughts were on that. I, I would kill to be able to hear what Steph Curry said in Trey's ear. But it's something everybody's kind of keeping your eye on. And, and, and when you watch the game Saturday night, the Warriors – the Warriors – the Warriors guarded and treated Trey like he was an all-star, Wait. like he was a superstar, and the way they, you know, and the way they kind of game planned right. around him. So you don't think he was saying, "Hey, Clay's done. Um, yeah. I'm thirty. <laughs> I'm thirty. I'm, 30, I'm thirty-five. I'm thirty-five. Yeah. I can still shoot clearly. I just dropped sixty yeah. on y'all. Um, maybe you come over here, and I'll I'll move to the two, and you play the one." And we'll go for another couple well, titles. Why couldn't it be the reverse? Why, hey, Steph, this is a cool town, man. I, I'd love to hey, do my retirement tour out of Atlanta. Like Steph, Quinn. Steph, I like Quinn a lot. Steph will never leave Golden State. You don't think so? No. I, don't, I don't think Trey's headed to Golden yeah. State either. So maybe we could put that one to bed. It, it just had to be an interesting conversation. They, they Like you said, one four straight. They'll play the Clippers tonight. And um, it's going to be fun to keep track of the next few days. See what all kind of shakes loose. I'm not sure, after watching the last four games, what I think they should do. To be honest with I you, I have no idea, I, and I have no idea what they're going to do. You're still five games under, and yeah. you're still in the in the tenth seed in that kind of NBA purgatory of what are you going to be? And something's got to shake loose. And Kobe Bufkin's uh, he's waiting in the wings in the G League, so we'll see what happens uh, as far as the future of the franchise. But uh, something needs to shake loose, and hopefully they get out of that kind of middle ground of the NBA. This hour brought to you by Morgan and Morgan Injured Hire Morgan and Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. All right, Senior Bowl, gentlemen. Uh, seems like the quarterbacks that were there were neither uh, overwhelming, underwhelming. They were just whelming. So I we didn't really – not a big takeaway. I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, and maybe I'll do this um, and, and mic'd up later today, about how bad that week for players sucks. That is such a – that is the most gr- – that might be the most grueling week of my life just from a one-week standpoint of going down to Mobile and participating in the Senior Bowl – it is, it is as cutthroat as you can possibly imagine of five practices. The practice is way bigger than the game. Everybody knows that there that there's a, a million NFL eyes on each rep, 
when you go in one-on-one pass rush or one-on-one run blocking situations or you're it is it is like mortal combat in there i mean it is it is serious serious business that's my so. favorite thing to watch when you watch coverage of that is those one-on-one pass the, yep. the 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 linemen get up and they just go at each other it's so it's, much fun it's uh there's some serious serious uh you know sumo wrestling going on oh lad mcconkey by the way may have uh Played his way into a day one selection as well. He looked pretty good last week. Very yeah, yeah. very shifty and uh, dangerous and could be a potential nightmare in the NFL the next level. All right, coming up next, we know college football, the wild, wild west. It's driving coaches out of the game. What's going to be done to remedy this situation? That's coming up next on the morning shift. Sports Radio, 1990 game. It's more than just sports talk. This is the morning shift. I'm in. Me too. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This hour brought to you by Morgan & Morgan. Injured, hire Morgan & Morgan, America's largest injury law firm. Welcome back to the morning shift. Triple in for Tiffany. I'll be here all week, like it or not. Of course, we've got Squid and Mike. <laughs> we got Day-Day. we got we got Dylon. Well, the NCAA is basically a dead organization walking, aren't they? All this stuff that's going on. They, now. they are in terms of football, it seems. Yep. Uh, I, I think that there is a there is a future and a need for the NCAA in most sports, but as far as football goes, man, they have um, they've kind of reached the extent of their of their being <laughs> as far as that. I, I, nobody likes them. They never get anything done in a timely fashion, and when they do, you're just scratching your head, going, "What just happened?" And how many times over the years they seem to be uh, majoring in the minor, focusing on the most insignificant things just to kind of uh, wield some sort of sense of delusional power they have. Yeah, right. it, it's a weird thing that you have the Big Ten and the, and the SEC. They're like, hey, we're going to get this right. And, I, I, I you know, you, you, you say the NCAA is dead, and, and with football, yeah, there's a lot of ways they are. But I think this is something that they're going to basically go to the NCAA and be like, hey, this is what – we, you need to do. This is how to do it. We have your back, and we're in lockstep. And then the, if the NCAA doesn't balk and actually understands that this is a self-preservation move, they'll be fine. They don't have enough people to go after every infraction. We know that. So they, 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 they find a bunch of little ones or one big one, and they hammer you because that's all they can do, and then it takes – Three years to do it. <laughs> like the Miami situation. Yeah. It's just stupid, man. It's just so well, dumb. Well, the Florida one that this guy hit with, Florida State just got – Florida is being investigated. Florida State just got hammered. They were going to hammer Tennessee. Uh, and then Tennessee finally stepped up and was like, no. And I think I think that where two schools being in this was where the SEC was like, we got we to gotta expedite this situation and make it work faster. Circling the wagons. I, I think there's – it's so interesting because it came out – when this news came out that they were, you know, joining forces, you and I both talked about this months ago, and it was going to take the people that have the TV contracts. It's not going to take – because the last thing you want is for – if you're the Big Ten or the SEC to think that the other league has a competitive advantage on you because you've put rules on NIL or coaching moves or transfer rules or whatever it is. So you had to kind of come together. I know the Big Ten just got the, the new commissioner. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the first thing he did was go down and meet with Commissioner Slive and start talking about this. I think this got expedited over the fact that Saban's out, doesn't want anything to do with it. Jim Harbaugh doesn't want anything to do with uh, it. Boston College. There, there, there's just, there's a, a, it seems like a dozen guys that are screwed. 
I can't tell you how many questions I've got, Rob, over Tommy Reese. Last year's Bam OC, he goes and takes a, a tight end job with the Browns. Oh, you know, it says a lot about him as an OC that he didn't get another look in college as an OC. No, it doesn't. Who would want that? Who would want to do that right now? Nobody wants that job. Well, you have to re-recruit your roster every year in addition to uh, recruiting in general. I listened to my old offense coordinator and former Florida head coach Jim McElwain do an interview last week. And when it was asked to him about re-recruiting your roster, he just kind of chuckled. And you could tell he didn't want to go too far of saying this sucks. But it just he just basically said it's not coaching anymore. You're 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 not actually coaching. You are game planning. You are trying to teach a game plan, but you are recruiting constantly your own roster and other people. And and honestly, it sounds to me, listening to a lot of coaches, if you're not pushing the envelope and continue to text the guys that you didn't win the recruiting battles over, and which is illegal, and you know there's been a number of programs that have already gotten in trouble for that, but if you're not doing that, you're kind of falling behind the eight ball because those relationships are still open with other colleges and are continued to be explored. So I, I can't imagine, cannot imagine being in charge of a college football team right now, and I'm glad that the Big Ten and the SEC seem to be at least giving the look that they want to do something to make this better for everybody. I think they know how chaotic it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to ruin the sport. And I don't begrudge kids making any money. It is kind of interesting. I think I saw there are like 10 college players making more money than Brock Purdy this year. Yeah, well, oh, yeah. He, he did get that Toyota deal, though, so maybe that will put some money in his pocket. Yeah. I don't think, though, I've heard people say, well, no, no, this is, this is it. They're pulling away. It's going to be just too – I don't believe for a second this is them wanting to be a super conference. I don't, I don't either. I, and I'm going to tell you something. Those people that say that, they don't care about college football when they say those things because that's not the best thing for college football is some super conference. I don't want to watch the freaking NF, the, the, uh, an NFL version on Saturday and Sunday. I still want to watch what, what it is. And you can tell me that, well, it'll still have the bands and they'll still play on campus and all that. That's not the same. I, I want the SEC fans to hate the Big Ten fans and vice versa. That's the passion of the sport you don't get. I just think that these are the two conferences that know they carry the most weight, and they're going to say, we're going to get with them and tell them what they need to do, and if they need help, we'll help them pay for it maybe. But we have to have some law and order, or our product is going to go down. Our TV deals are not going to be worth as much in 10 years. I think it's, it's, it's going to be intriguing to see what they do come out with because I think you have to walk a fine line at this point, right? If you're trying to put regulations, if you're trying to put rules on NIL, on transfers, you have to be worried about the blowback or the lawsuits you could receive that, you know, some of the ground that has been gained. And they have to keep a close eye on that of saying, we have to make sure this is not an, an antitrust issue or, uh, you, know, you know, whatever it may be. To making sure that they're not, you know, getting some kind of federal legislation, or maybe that's the end goal. I, I'll say this: if you're the Big Twelve or the ACC, you, you feel like the kid left out in the cold at this point, looking at this because these are the two power players, and you're just like out on the curb going, "Hey, hey, what, what are y'all doing in there? Hey, what's going on? Somebody pick up the phone. I'd like to talk to you too." Uh, so I'll be listen. I think if the Big Twelve and the ACC want to survive, which I personally don't think they will, I don't know if there's enough anchor in either one. But if they want to survive long term, um, they need to to try to you know edge their way into this conversation as well. Because if they don't have a seat at the table for this, whew, it's not a, it's not a good look for your conference down the road. I I just I don't know what the end game is here. I don't, I don't know what you're able to do. I I I I hope it's something. And you say, look, if you want to be a part of our conference, here's the rules. Uh, but they had to be careful that uh, this is not something that's taken to court in the long run and, and and see how they word it. 
I guess you just have to let the chaos percolate so you can define every possible morsel of chaos so you can try to figure out some way to legislate it because it can't go on like this. You're just going to drive great coaches out of the, out of the game. It's going to burn them out having to deal with this. Well, and, and the problem is in the, the end result is that you will bite the hand that feeds you. When, when, when people start caring less about the game of college football, recruiting has already taken a, a massive backseat. I mean, signing day is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about signing day because you have the early signing, you have the transfer, like all this other stuff. So once things start taking a back seat because less eyes go on the game, then every everybody's going to become concerned, and then the less money there will be to go around, right? So you kind of have to you have to get things in place. I'm all about players' rights, but I'm also about the health of the sport, and you have to have both of those things to kind of coexist if you are going to uh, get this right. I, I hope that Nick Saban's a voice in this. To be honest with you, I know that you know people might. I'm saying when I make him the college football czar, we need a czar. Clearly, I love it. I love it. You can't tell me that he and Commissioner Slive have not had, you know, two dozen conversations over the last few months about everything that's going on and about what can be done. I just, I'll be curious to see what these, uh, you know, chancellors, presidents, ads, and everybody else involved kind of come up with down the stretch. Yeah. I didn't know if you had a TV's timeout that we were going <laughs> to No, I, this was kind of it right I here. Didn't want, I, didn't, I, I, was just, I was just making sure. No. Um, what would y'all want to see done, I think, I, is the question. I, I don't want this super conference crap. I don't think it's good for the – I don't think it's good for anything. Look, you, you, everybody can talk about how they don't want to – they want to see just game after game. It's not – got to remember that this isn't the NFL, and that's why it's special. And that, that's what made it special. It, you're 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 helping fuel programs like uh, Central Michigan when Alabama plays them. They're paying them a couple million dollars. That fuels their program. That that's money that they need to stay arrive. So so more kids can actually because there are despite what we get lost in the big dogs, there are some schools that still pay. Uh, excuse me, still that still have some kids that that they get to go there and play only because they're playing football. They're going scholarship. We need to keep that. I just want these conferences to get together and come to an agreement on what the rule structure needs to be so we can get some some normalcy again because we're not normal right now. I still think that we're one piece away from being able to do this, and here's what the, here's what the next piece is. We're still away from some sort of college football players' union from being able to, to really put sanctions in place or legislation in place. You, if Once you get – and maybe that's what they can do. Maybe they can come together and form some kind of secondary college football players' union that way you can form that collective bargaining that you need to make sure that one side's not getting sued over the other. And, and maybe that's the end game. But I think that's, to me, that's the next step. Once you have people that are looking at it and you have an actual committee like they have now, then you can kind of go forward and say, what's the next step? They have a number of guys that have been in politics and government and things like that. They can say, well, you know what? You're going to need some kind of players union. So that's the next step. Try to get that aligned. We'll see. We'll see what the next step is. But that to me would be the logical. Fight the February frigid season with 50% off on your new windows for Window Nation. Plus, make no payments for two years. Visit windownation.com. This is a morning shift, Sports Radio 929 again. we got triple in for uh, Tiffany all week long as we talk of, well, the chaos in the wild west of uh, college football. But coming up this afternoon, 2 o'clock, live here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, Raheem Morris' introductory press conference. Terry Fontenot going to make an appearance. They'll both, both be out with uh, Dukes and Bell this afternoon as well as they'll be broadcasting live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium 2 o'clock today. So coming up next, we're going to dive into the Raheem Morris hire and 
And he's rating Sean McVay's staff out there in uh, Los Angeles. Last assistant coach out of L.A. Turn out the lights. Sports Radio, 1990 game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.